this COVID thing really, really, you know, it impacted all three of those uh, organ, uh, parts of the company almost immediately. You know, um, uh, the employees wondering, am am I even going to be able to work because we can't, we have, we can't, we, we're locked down, we can't go anyplace. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this. It was not built to be shut down. America will again and soon be open for business. Uh, very soon. A lot sooner than uh, three or four months. It's there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of, you know, wondering if you're risking your life by going to work. Hey, it's Josh. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to ask that if you're listening, please subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get notifications when new episodes come out. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and maybe leave a review. It will really help us out. Okay, enjoy the episode. On this episode of Restarting America, we're excited to have Michael Morey on the podcast. Mr. Morey has been serving as president and CEO of Bluebird Network since 2012. With more than 37 years of telecommunications experience, he has served as president and CEO of Voxitas, senior vice president at Nuvox, regional vice president at Electric Lightwave, and held various management positions within his 13 years at AT&T. During his tenure at Bluebird Network, the company has more than doubled in size and was named one of the fastest growing companies in Missouri in 2015. Maury's experience and strong management skills have proved successful when Bluebird Network received Inc. 5000 in 2013, 2014, 2016, and 2017 as one of the fastest growing private companies nationally. Voxitas also received Inc. 5000 recognition in 2007, 8, and 9. Mori owned a BS and MBA while attending the University of Southern Carolina, California, and we're excited to have him today. Okay. Thank you, Michael, so much for joining us today on the Restarting America podcast. We're really excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too, Josh. Great. So before we get into kind of talking about COVID and what's happened over the last couple of months, I want to kind of give you a chance to tell us a little bit about your story and a little bit of the story of Bluebird too and how uh, you came together and what that's been like for the past few years before um, we got to the last couple months. Okay. Well, so I, I've been in um, communications all my life. Uh, when I got out of grad school back in 1982, um, I, I started off as what we would call back then a telephone guy, right? I mean, I worked for AT&T uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, there are a lot of innovations that happened between 1982 and today. Uh, uh, one of the key ones was something called fiber. You know, started it was copper back then, and now things have moved to fiber. Another big thing was there's this thing called the internet that kind of started around 1995, and uh, and then uh, and then there was back back in uh, 1982 there was everything was uh, it was kind of a monopoly. AT and T did everything. They did the local phone service. They did long distance phone service. Um, they did data service. Who knew what internet was, so they didn't have to worry about that. So they went through a big divestiture where they created all these different new fangled companies to start doing all these different things. And, uh, and so uh, telephone service could be offered by anybody. Long distance service could be offered by anybody. Data service could be offered by anybody. Internet service started. Of course, that could be start, uh, offered by anybody. Um, and um, all of the medium that the old style services were on, the copper, the 
cable, those kind of things, is slowly but surely getting replaced by fiber. And that is why Bluebird really came to exist, is because of that transformation, um, uh, the transformation to fiber, uh, the transformation from AT&T monopoly uh, into the diverse fiber-based entrepreneurial environment that we have in the communications infrastructure right now. Back in, uh, back in 1999, a group of rural telephone companies in Missouri were paying AT&T a bunch of money to process their long distance calls. Um, and then in, two th in 1995, uh, you know, this internet thing started. So now they were having to pay not just for their long distance calls, but also for their internet. They said, let's do this. Let's take all the money we're spending with AT&T now that we don't have to pay them all that money because it's now been deregulated. And let's build our own fiber network. Let's take these 15 rural telephone companies. We'll connect them to Kansas City and St. Louis. We'll take the money we were spending with AT&T. We'll build a fiber network. And then there were another nine telephone companies in Illinois that did the same thing. What we called, and, and the, the network that was started in Missouri is called Missouri Network Alliance. The network that was started in Illinois was called Illinois Network Alliance. Um, and then these all got merged together into this thing called Bluebird Network when another company called Bluebird Media got, this, uh, got a federal grant to build a fiber network across the state of Missouri. So you take all those companies together, you bundle them all together, and uh, by 2011, you have this company called Bluebird Network. Um, I was hired uh, to come in and expand that network. Uh, by the time that I came in in 2012, uh, we were already selling to way more than just the original rural telephone companies that were uh, there. We were selling to AT&T and, and Verizon and Sprint and T-Mobile cellular and you name the telephone company we were selling to them and then when i came in we decided well we've got this big fiber network it's all over it was 6500 miles of fiber in the midwest by that point in time we should start selling to directly to large businesses so we started selling to enterprise companies and, and hospitals and, um, uh, and, and banks and we became the number two provider of internet service to schools within the midwest as well during that period uh, so all of a sudden now we're this full-blown provider of data and internet services to businesses and other carriers throughout the Midwest. We bought a data center down in uh, Springfield, Missouri, so that uh, so people could come and take their equipment and move it into our network. Unannounced, we're very close to adding another data center to our network. We'll see how that goes. And, um, and then we... Um, uh, we got purchased uh, last year by um, uh, uh, the largest infrastructure uh, funded funding company in the world called uh, Macquarie Infrastructure, headquartered in, in, uh, uh, in Australia. Um, and they bought another company in Northern Illinois um, called uh, Peg Bandwidth, the Unity, the Unity Midwest Fiber Assets in Northern Illinois. We combined those with what they bought with us. I was fortunate enough to be asked to stay on as the CEO to run all those combined companies. Now we have over 10,000 miles of fiber throughout the Midwest and we're thriving. So there you go, five minutes in the short, uh, uh, short uh, summary of how Bluebird got to be here, at least right mm -hmm. before COVID hit, right? Before COVID hit, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what happened in March. How So there's, there's a lot of changes. The business is like, you, you kind of like just walked us through a lot of things. And then recently it sounds like with the, the last acquisition, 
uh, with getting bought out by this company in Australia and also the company in Northern Illinois, everything coming together. This seems like a very exciting uh, yep. time, probably lots of moving parts. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about how all of everything has been impacted by COVID. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, I, you know, people ask me, you know, how things going at Bluebird, right? You know, and, and especially in this time. And I say, well, I got up this morning, so I'm still alive. I'm still healthy. I'm still employed. Um, you know, that's more than a lot of people in America can say right now, right? I mean, so many people aren't healthy. So many people aren't employed. And so I find myself and Bluebird in a very fortunate situation in that in an environment where people can't go to work like they used to, uh, in an environment where people can't go to conventions and meet people one-on-one, -on -one, uh, in, in an environment where, where shaking hands isn't okay anymore, you can barely bump elbows, right? Uh, and this kind of, of virtual communications is, it, I mean, it's transforming the world, right? Um, and we're very fortunate that we're in a business that provides those kind of connections that people need even more. We're not a residential provider. You have seen, so, that, so in addition to moving from in-person to virtual, there also has been quite a movement from in-office to virtual office, right? And that's actually a, a physical move from business locations to residential locations. And so Bluebird's not a residential provider, but guess what? We provide access to all those companies that provide service to those residential providers. You know, a huge part of our business is providing connections to all of those cell towers out there, right? All those big uh, companies that are providing wireless service, they're having to put more connections out, higher speeds, trying to get more places than they had before. That's a huge part of our business. Um, communications companies that provide the residential service, cable companies that provide the residential service, those are huge customers of ours. So even though we are not providers of residential service, we saw our utilization of our network go up almost overnight by 30%. Wow. Boom, right? So here we are in March, we're doing, let's just say 100. And, uh, you know, or in February, we're doing 100. And March 1st, we're doing 130. And it just, it just boomed just like that. Now, the good news is, is because our network is completely fiber, um, fiber has incredible um, uh, bandwidth uh, ability. Um, that 30% overnight uh, increase didn't hit our company at all. I mean, it was like no change at all. Um, uh, didn't strain our resources at all. Um, um, but it did generate more revenue. So here in an environment where people are losing their jobs, people are going in the hospital, our company is generating more revenue. Um, in, uh, in where everybody, many companies are laying people off, we're still hiring. Here's, we just hired, this week we hired another two people already and we might have another two people in the next few days. So here we are where everybody else is not hiring and yeah. we, are, um, we are continuing to hire because uh, we continue to wanna grow this company. Uh, the plan is still in place to grow this company and we're super fortunate to be in an industry that despite what's going around us, we can continue to grow. So, um, so, 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 so the, the external influences on us have been positive and we're one of the fortunate ones. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with COVID, okay? Because 
Um, so let me come back to the safety and health council and the whole thing about that. It's, um, you, you have to, if, if, you know, I always like to think about the, the, the three most important resources that we have, the three most important things that keep our company up. And one of the most important things is our employees. Number two is our customers. And number three is our investors. Got to keep all three of those happy. You can't keep all three of those happy. Then um, you aren't going to run a successful business. And so this COVID thing really, really, you know, it impacted all three of those uh, organ uh, parts of the company almost immediately. You know, um, uh, the employees wondering, am am I even going to be able to work because we can't, we have, we can't, we we're locked down. We can't go anyplace. You know, how am I going to get permission? We've got to go install fiber at people's premises. How can I do that? And I've got customers that, that, you know, I need bandwidth, but I don't even have anybody at the site to accept the person coming out to do it. Should I postpone it? Should I not? And then I've got investors all worried, well, wait a minute, how's this thing impact us? Well, it's really nice sitting here in September when we know that it's impacted us positively, right? But you're an investor, you're, you're worried. So we really had to look very carefully and, 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 and evaluate and make plans to satisfy all three of those components. And let me walk through each of those three and kind of tell you how we went about it, okay? So one, the employee thing I thought was the most important thing. So that's when we immediately, we got a group of eight people from throughout the company, key thought leaders from throughout the company, people that are respected by others throughout the company to be on the safety and health committee. We already had a safety committee because safety was already important and health is a subset of that. Let me silence that. But, um, but really with a focus on COVID and we brought this together and we started meeting immediately. Um, and we talked about, you know, you know, fears and concerns and doubts, you know, you know, how do I, how do, how do I go out and even visit a customer that I need to see? Well, we, we got, um, we documented um, uh, that we are an essential business. We provided essential business credentials. We got support from many of the federal uh, organizations. We created that, those uh, documents. We provided them to the employees that go out into the field so that if anybody stops you, you can provide that. By the way, nobody worries about that now. But that was something people were really, really worried about when this first started. Um, what, what, what do I do if I go in? Hospitals is a big part of our business. What if I go, have to go into a hospital and there are COVID cases around, right? Well, we got full PPE gear in packages, right? Like five of them, you know, for every one of our technicians' trucks and for every one of our engineers that goes out in the field. By the way, I'm, to date, I'm aware that it's only been used one time. Uh, we had one fiber installation. That the, the closet the fiber installation was going into was across the hall from the COVID uh, uh, suite in a hospital, right? And then even after that employee went there, we had him quarantine at home and do, you know, support work for, you know, for a week and a half or however many days. So, you know, so we kind of, you know, how, what do you do if you run into that? Um, what do you do if, if somebody in our, what, what happens if one of our employees gets, uh, gets COVID? What are the protocols for that? Well, they're gonna stay at home for two weeks. What if they end up in the hospital? We're gonna support the hell out of them and, you know, whatever we need to do. So. We went through as a team all of the different things that we could imagine early on. And then after each one of these meetings, 
our HR, um, um, uh, our, our HR leader, um, Jamie Jones, would send out an email to the entire staff and say, here's what we discussed. Here are the people that are on the committee. If you have any concerns, please talk to your manager or to somebody on this committee. And then people would bring new things into the next meeting. The, what's the most recent uh, update that some, you know, some state, Illinois is not, you know, doesn't let you do this, but Missouri lets you do that. But the city of Columbia is doing this, you know, when the sun comes up in the West, then, you know, I mean, you know, so all those different things that would come up, uh, we would bring those into the meetings. And so that process has worked very successfully for us. But we did one other thing. We immediately, and I should have started with this, we immediately said, everybody can work from home. Because we have physical requirements, we have to come and get equipment. There are some things we've got to do in our office. We left the offices open for what we call essential work. So encourage our employees, all of them to work from home. If you have to come into the office to get something, socially distance, wear your mask, do your work, you know, then, 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 then go back out. And, uh, that, co and that combination of things, uh, along with the safety committee has worked very well for the employees. Um, uh, one of the most frequent things people ask is, well, how long are you going to do this? As long as we need to. Uh, we've already told our employees that we're not coming back into the office until after the first of the year. Who knows? Maybe not until the third quarter of next year, um, until we get a vaccine. And, and a lot of people have taken that vaccine. This is still going to be a concern. We're doing just fine the way we are. So we're not rushing back. We're, very, again, very fortunate that our business works this way. And I have a lot of empathy for people who work in industries and businesses that really do physically need to get back. I don't, I don't begrudge them doing that kind of thing. I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong, but I'm just saying that for us, since it's easy, why not keep out? So that's how we're addressing our employees, our customers. Um, we joined, there's a, there's a, a FCC put out a pledge for people who are supporting um, uh, customers that are impacted by COVID. So if, if, uh, if you are not able to pay your bill as a result of COVID related issue that, um, that just notify us, we will not turn you off. We will work with you on that. We did join that pledge. Um, we also, if a customer needs to postpone their installation or change their dates because of this, we're very flexible. Um, and so um, we've done whatever we can to support them. Uh, many customers have asked us to accelerate and go the other way. I need twice as much bandwidth like right now. And um, um, we have been fortunate in that the number who have asked us to do that has not been so significant that we haven't been able to meet all of those requests. So, um, you know, with, with the people postponing, there's a little bit of room for people to, you know, to do that. So the customers have been quite happy. And then again, the investors, I didn't really need to address that too, that, too much because uh, the financials turned around, you know, that, that we didn't really have any financial hits. So that, that abated itself. So I know that was a long answer to how did we dealt with COVID, but I think I hit all the parts. Yeah, I think that the thing I think that's interesting, like compared to our conversations we started having in June is that people know what's going on now. You know, when we started this podcast, like people didn't know what was going on. You know, even in June was a long time ago, but, you know, we kind of, we, we thought in March, we're like, oh, this will be done. But, you know, we thought it would be done by June. We started, when we started the <laughs> so conversations have, uh, you know, I think as we're past Labor Day now, you know, and I think like that probably is the last uh, big milestone to like 
the first of the year, like you mentioned, of like when will we go back? Maybe to work? maybe June of two thousand twenty-one is what we meant. Yeah. I mean, I, if if somebody so, asked me, I mean, I think it's going to be at least then. Yeah. So I think I think we played. I I don't play this game so much anymore, but we used to play like, oh, when do you think we're going to be done? And I think initially we thought it would be two weeks, you know, and then it was like, oh, maybe a little bit longer. And then yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not been so. What really interesting. I have a little bit of an opinion on that because I think that COVID has changed m much of how we do business. So I don't think we're ever going to be done, Josh. I think we will always do way more video. I think we will always think about when we get together, what danger we put ourselves in, whether it's COVID or, you know, you name the thing in the future. I think we're, I don't know that it will ever go back completely the way it is. I, you know, it reminded me of when we used to see people from um, Asian continent come into the U.S. and, and they'd be wearing their masks as they walked through our, through our airport. And I remember I'd just laugh at them. What, 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 what is crazy, right? But, you know, um, they lived through, um, what was the one that they lived through? Um, uh, um, oh, gosh. There was, they, they, they got hit with, a, with, a, with a, a, a virus two, three, four years ago. And so they never stopped doing that. So. Yeah. We'll see. What do you think has been the most challenging part of, of leading to this time? Hmm. I mean, it, it's hard for me to say it because I, I love everything about coming to work every day. Right. So, I mean, I, I love this and, and I love Bluebird and the people are wonderful and I love solving problems. So when a problem comes up, I don't really think this is a challenging thing. Um, I, I will say, I, I, okay, I, I will say um, in an environment like COVID, people focus on existing relationships more than they do on new relationships. Okay, so, um, you know, you know that 30% increase I talked about, right? Those existing customers we have, well, we're selling more to existing customers than we ever had. But getting new logos and new customers is probably more difficult than it's ever been, okay? I would say that the most challenging thing is adding new customers and the easiest thing is growing existing customers uh, because you know i mean m many people buy from people that they meet in person they see them at a trade show somebody comes to their office they get to develop a relationship um and not everybody is comfortable with doing video conferences although you know josh i feel like i'm getting to know you right here um it is uh more difficult yeah. so i think the challenge is how do you can, you know, from a sales side, you have to think differently about establishing new relationships. I think you have to work harder at it and you have to, you have to throw out all your preconceived ideas of how those new relationships got established before. And you got to think, I got to do this some way differently. And I think what's happening, you're, you see inside our organization, some salespeople are paralyzed by this. I, I can't do it. I can't do what I used to always do, which was always working good for me. Other people are, well, nobody else is out there contacting these people. So I'm going to develop new ways to go after them. So when I do get them to talk to me, I'm the only new person they're talking to. So it's easier. 
Um, and uh, so I, so that would be my answer to what's the most challenging. Yeah, I think we've seen this with our business too, of just, uh, like we were like, we, I, th- I feel like maybe last month is like the first month that we were like, we were buying new things and that we were also selling new, you know, it was like, it was a weird time of uh, let's not, no one wanted to put pressure on anyone. No one wanted to be, pre- you know, it's like, there's a lot of like, like kind of is it inappropriate because, for me to be Yes, like everyone COVID, wants to be very sensitive. That, yeah, which no, I think is good to a certain extent, but I think there is like this feeling of things will kind of continue on. I think also like good, like good product services and people will continue to win out. Hopefully, you know, like uh, when things you know things still make sense. You know, this feeling of like I'm, this uncertainty is difficult. But I think when things are, when you feel certain about something, oh yeah, like I, I feel this makes sense. I think it's a little bit different depending on what you're working in and what your typical sales cycle looks like anyways. But um, I hope that it will, people will still connect and uh, it will continue to kind of work. And we're, we're seeing it kind of on both sides now, which is hopeful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we like also like, we talked to a lot of people that relied heavily on like conventions. You know, this was, we, had, we oh, interviewed, yeah. um, we interviewed a, a frozen, like kind of like an ice cream company, and they talked about they were supposed to go to Expo West, which is like one of the biggest conventions that was canceled, um, one of the first conventions that was canceled. And talking about you know like literally having shipped and set up and dealt with all of their conference stuff, and then to say okay, we're not going to go, and then for it to be canceled anyways, um, and just seeing how that kind of really I mean being in Chicago for us seeing how it's kind of like really tackled the, the hotel industry and the tourism and convention industry in general too. Well, hotels and tourism it's tough because you, if you're not going there you're not doing anything there ice cream selling ice cream boy you sure have to taste that we are fortunate that you don't have to taste fiber yes. or visit it yeah so I don't have to think about it I just know that it works that's exactly right well, and 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 then you can refer people to talk to other people about your, you know, how well you've done for them. You know, th- there's a lot of ways to do stuff. Um, I will. We do own a data center, and um, uh, one of the number one ways we sell that is by people visiting it. And so it, that has been more difficult. Yeah. Um, and that we have it's been more difficult to add logos there too. Um, you know, we have a pretty impressive data center. So when people physically go there, they almost always buy. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we've got to figure some other way to get them to buy because sure. we can't get them there. We've got all kinds of video. If you go out on our website, you'll see there's you know video of uh, virtual tours and all yes. kinds of things we've got out there so people can see it. I'm seeing a lot of drone tours. I have a friend from college that started a drone tour company. It's very cool, but he's in San Francisco. He's in like San Francisco area right now. It's there, they're getting... But the, the orange sky and the fires and it's very uh, oh my gosh looks pretty crazy that's crazy out there thank god we don't have fires here in missouri it's really crazy well not like that we don't um what would you tell yourself uh if you could go back to january of 2020 what would you if you walk in you walk into your own office kind of marty mcfly style uh what do you say to yourself wow as in having foresight that I could, yeah, I, yeah. I know like what's you, you leave this podcast, you shut your computer and you, you just look around and you're like, go back to that time. time and start over. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I get all my vacations in, in January. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but if you, <laughs> I just, I just went on my first vacation uh, since the COVID thing started. I went to, yeah. you know, a, a remote hotel where they, in Michigan where they're heavy into masks and all this sure. stuff. And, 
I still felt uh, I still felt uh, a little bit unsafe. A but um, but I I really would. That's why I say go get go get my vacations in real quick because it's going to yeah. be a while before you get out and get around. Um, in in terms of um, I would also tell my folks get out hardcore and meet as many people this month as you possibly can because it's going to be a son of a bitch to start meeting them starting at the end of February. So don't don't do it. You know between eight and five you go knock on doors. You go to every conference you can, you know, get out there and make as many relationships as you can because it's going to be a lot harder to do those new relationships uh, going forward. Um, in other preparations for this, I, I you know, uh, you know, fiber is harder to get because there's some production things. I'd say let's go order some more fiber, perhaps. Um, but pretty much everything else is for us, we're in a unique industry. So, um, I probably wouldn't change anything else. What's uh, one thing or maybe a person that you know or that you follow that, that's kind of inspiring you and uh, bringing positivity during this time? Um, well, um, I think these two people always inspire me, Bill and Linda Yates, uh, Gates, um, and, and them, them taking um, their immense wealth and, and treating the charitable uh, stuff that they do like a business. Where can I maximize my return on the spending? And they're doing the same thing with COVID that they have with many, many other things uh, over the years. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I wish I was as successful as they were and as thoughtful as they were and could do as much as they can the way they do it. They, they are able to leverage the money they spend so many more times by treating char uh, charitable contributions like a business, right? I mean, I can save, you know, if I can get clean water in Africa, I can save, you know, 20 million people a year, or I can save, you know, 5 million a year by spending money on cancer research. So I'm going to go help with clean water in Africa. And by the way, I don't know that they haven't figured out how to do the cancer stuff too, but, um, uh, you know, and I know they're that they what's that? They're thinking big. Yeah, no, no. I, I just, you know, they, they have always inspired me and they still inspire. Uh, as we kind of wrap up towards the end, what's one piece of business advice that you would give to other small business owners uh, listening to this podcast or CEOs listening to this podcast? Mm. Um, well, in this time, you know, persistence, you know, um, uh, it's when, when it, when it's, when things are hard, that's when you need to really focus. Don't, don't, I mean, I, I find that I try, I tend to get calmer the more difficult things are. And I find that really, really, um, really helps me. I'm fortunate that it hasn't gotten super hard for my business now, but there have been times in my career when things have gotten difficult and I would apply the same, uh, the same, you know, the same uh, theory to that is, right? You know, um, don't give up, figure out what you need to do, how you need to change, um, and make those changes as quickly as you possibly can. Um, and then also, and, and, and so uh, people who, uh, if you don't change, things only get worse, right? So if you change, you know, you've got to work to try to change for the better. Um, this COVID thing is just a little bit of a reminder that we need to really focus on that right now. And, and, and there are some industries where it's just hard. I mean, there's some that just, you know, the smartest thing to do to change is to close down the business as quickly as you can 
and, and don't lose any more money than you possibly can. And I've had that happen to me too. I had a business I had to close down. It was not the right thing at the right time. And so when we knew that, we moved as quickly as we can to shut it down and stop the losses. And so, um, you know, I, I think that advice works now as much as it ever has. Thank you for the advice. Um, and thank you for joining us, Michael, on the podcast today on Restarting America. I think that this is really interesting. I think also, like, to, I, we understand that some businesses are struggling, some businesses have been, like, succeeding during this time. And so I think it's, like, helpful also to, like, have insight into both of those sides. And so I really appreciate you coming on today. And we're going to link to Bluebird in the notes and on the website. And uh, people can check it out. And yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Josh. Really enjoyed it. Have thank you for listening to this episode of Restarting America podcast. Make sure to subscribe in your podcast app and visit restarting-america.com for more episodes like this one. Restarting America is produced by 97Switch.